In the morning, mofos. Welcome to the Knowledge Industry Review Show. We got a good one lined up for you today, and we're joined by Sir Seat Sitter from the show Abs in a Six Pack. And in tandem, Sir Spencer from Bowl After Bowl. Hey, Bowl After Bowl. And I'm Booberry, one thirds of Behind the Schemes. And this is Misinformed Nation. I love that intro. Yeah, it's 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 uh it's nice. it's pretty uh pretty popping. It's snappy. Yeah. Live out all of your nineties sitcoms fantasies with us in the morning. Fresh and clean. Fresh and clean. <laughs> How are y'all doing? You guys doing good? I'm doing fantastic in the morning. It is in the morning. Had, yeah. Had my coffee, had my cigarette, good to go. I'm hoping I didn't over prepare these two sh- with these two shows I have because Got a, I got about a good 11 or 12 minutes worth of clips. I might have to cut them in half. Ooh. Well, speaking on that, I guess we should go ahead and let the audience know what we're here to do. Uh, this show is going to focus on um, reviews and maybe promotions of uh, other shows that are featured in and around and not on the No Agenda stream. Right, yeah, so we like have a one, a, in one, one in one. one. One off the stream, one on the stream. Yes. Uh, yet another podcast about podcasts, but a, but a great one. Yeah, what's the tagline? What's what's uh? It's the rest of the podcasts in the universe. That's right. Oh, Damn straight. <laughs> Which will will produce something great for that. By we, I mean me, <laughs> and by me, I mean eventually. <laughs> eventually, someday. And uh, this would be our third attempt, but a first official release. <laughs> Because uh, we just ended up kind of hanging out last week and shooting the shit because all three of us were railroaded by <laughs> busy ass schedules and sitting uh-huh. here in front of the mic going. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds yeah. right. I'm, I'm glad that you suggested, Sir Spencer, that we push it back another week because I was sitting there going like, I am tired. <laughs> it was yeah. Uh... It was like, I wanted to say it for the whole hour. Like, maybe we should just circle back. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But nobody wants to be the guy saying it, you know? Nobody wants to admit, maybe, maybe we're not ready. Yeah. But it feels feels good now to be ready, you know? Yeah, I'm I'm about... I actually have clips. (laughs) You're not going to believe it. (laughs) I clip things. Uh... (laughs) <laughs> Most of them this morning, but we won't talk about that. Imagine that <laughs> clips on yeah. the podcast clip review show. <laughs> I know it's like uh, you'd, you'd think that uh, that would that would be something I already figured out, but nope. <laughs> I, uh, I I was actually like uh, taking screenshots of my phone so I could save the time codes, and I was going into Overcast and exporting all of the clips during work yesterday. Whenever I could sneak away or was doing it on my break, which works and kind of doesn't work because when you when you say when you export the audio out of Overcast, it doesn't save the file like you can't save the file name. So it just says over Overcast one (laughs) Overcast Uh two. (laughs) (laughs) So but it works. What am I supposed to do? What? what, what, what? 
Oh no! <laughs> Panic. Dude. I, I will have to get more clips of Adam uh, for this show. What am I supposed to do? There's at least a good <laughs> ten more clips I can get out of the uh, swamp thing TV oh, show. Oh yeah, very clippable. Doesn't doesn't he say? Doesn't he say, "Man, I gotta lay off the weed." Ooh. Gotta lay off the weed. So when are we smoking some weed? That almost sounds like Harrison Ford. I'm not going to lie. And I, I kept thinking that for the first like month or so. I, I kept hearing that. Uh, does anybody was, feel like... Sorry. I didn't have anything important to say. Go God ahead. damn it. Um, <laughs> does anybody feel like starting us off this morning? Oh, lordy. Um, I'm sorry. My wife just brought me a, a bagel and some eggs. So... That's amazing. Maybe I'll be saying for the next six minutes. <laughs> Hell yeah, that'd be a there'd be an eggle. There'd be an eggle. I can uh, I can get us started unless Sir oh. Seat Sitter you. Now you go for it, man. Uh, so the first show I've got kind of two that work in tandem, um, and it works in a lot of different ways. Um, both shows that I'm going to be talking about here are pretty much the first two shows that really pulled me into the experience of podcasting as a whole. Um, I've been listening to these shows since 2017. So, you know, not the longest amount of time, but definitely went through their back catalog and it's just, you know, one hit show after another hit show. They can't stop. They won't stop. They shouldn't stop. They'll never stop. And the first one is a show that's featured on the no agenda stream has has either of y'all listened to Grimerica Outlawed? I I did. Right when they started, I caught the first one. Yeah, they uh they just not too long ago had Judy Mikevitz of Plandemic on there, and that was fantastic. Yep, and they got uh, Gareth Ike was on there last week. I want to say, um, mm-hmm. and last yeah, week they're doing being, the Lord's work over there. This is April eighteenth. Um, so they've started a new show called Grimerica Outlawed. Grimerica Outlawed is a, uh, I don't know what the technical term, it's still a value for value show, which that's kind of the argument I'm going to make here. Um, But what they'll do is they provide the first hour for free. And then once you subscribe, you can get the full second hour of the show. Right. It's the the higher side chats model. Correct. Full disclosure, uh, a week and a half ago, two weeks, I did sign up for the plus. Um, cause I was emailing with, uh, Darren back and forth and I had actually suggested that they take their audio books to Sphinx and get them in a tribe separate from the actual show. So people could stream their audio books as they listen. I mean, how sick would that be? Yeah, that'd be off the hook. Um, so after I was talking back and forth with Darren, I was like, you know, I've been, I've been sitting here thinking about it, thinking about it and decided to stop fucking around. And I signed up for their plus and I've thoroughly enjoyed it because it is it's double the amount of raw Grimerica and that's kind of the idea behind Grimerica Outlawed they've had a lot of issues trying to post information on YouTube and it's the classic they get struck down for being misinformation Um, so they've essentially sort of quarantined the sort of topics that'll you know put a little mini cancel target on their back um, and they, they spend a lot of time talking about COVID, talking about the authoritarian boot that we're all about to be, you know, well, that they're going to try and get us to lick at least. Um, and these guys go pretty hard. So let's just go ahead and get into this is a Grimerica episode, Grimerica Outlawed episode 
uh, 13, I hope. I, don't, I didn't say the episode titles. We got a little bit of a longer intro this time because we've been saving up some rants. Yeah, on an app that's a little short, so we'd like to supplement it with uh, part of the reason why we went outlawed because, you know, we got stuff that we want to talk about too sometimes. You can start. I can start? Well, first of all, what's your opinion on the difference between... Let's let's talk about the vaccines here for a bit. Oh, boy. What's 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 your opinion on the difference between accepting the risk and just ignoring or pretending there is no risk? Uh, like here's, here's what I mean. Do you want me okay, to explain yes. a little bit? Elaborate. Right now, I feel like in the media, in the propaganda, in the social atmosphere, in the milieu of the vaccines, it's safe and effective. There's an outright lie that it's safe and effective. There's an official reporting system that's talking about all kinds of deaths, all kinds of injuries, and they're trying to say, oh, those aren't linked to the vaccine. And there's an official court that's paying out. It's a different court this time. Yes, but it's a, oh, this one? Yes, this is a uh, different in court. In this instant. The, the Vaccine Injury Compensation Fund is different. Oh, so are we only that's, talking about the COVID vaccine right, right now? Right now, I'm talking about the COVID vaccine. Or this in, in general. They Another totally applicable name would have been this ain't your mama's Grimerica show. Oh yeah. These guys like they, they, you know, they don't pull any punches on this show. It's uh it's it's really intriguing because um it, it it's got such a I don't want to say carefree because that kind of gives it this flippant um mentality, which isn't the right way to describe it, but what the Grimerica guys are talking about, like they've got a lot of um like soul searching sort of guests on there. It's, it's, it's more often than not, it's kind of stuff based in spirituality and like, it, it's, it's not anything I've ever really known to be, um, not a negative show, but they, you know, most of the time it's got sort of a positive upbeat to it. And, uh, without Laud, it's, it's a, it's just a different tone. It's, uh, it's these guys being a little more raw, a little more real, and I really appreciate, um, you know, the sort of shit that they got. So we'll finish up that little part of the conversation. So it's pretty obvious that there's a risk. It's happening all over. And I'll go over some I think details. officially in the U.S. it just passed 1,000 people officially yeah. killed by the COVID vaccine. It was like well, 967. No, no, no. They're, see, they're still not saying it's officially killed. They're just saying that 1,000 people died after the vaccine. They're still not saying it's connected. Oh, Officially. That's convenient. Yeah. They're just going to keep it unconnected. I mean, how fucking hard is it? They're putting billions of dollars into propaganda to clamp down on the anti-vaxxers. Can you and do that push if you hit someone with your car? And Can put, you be like... <laughs> just, <laughs> just, you're not, it's not connected. You're going to die anyway. Yeah. You're going to die. It's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, just a coincidence that you're okay. dying right after yeah. I hit you with the car. Yeah. <laughs> so, but then there's the people that know there's a risk but they're taking it for the greater good, which is a completely different conversation. Uh, no, those, see, uh. this is like, Hey, I know there's a risk, but I'm willing to put myself out there because the, if everybody got it, the COVID would be gone. That's like a weird Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. That's a different conversation though. You're either, uh, you're either still stuck in the matrix or you've fallen in love with your oppressors and you're just like, whatever you can fuck me in the ass. If you just let me go to the store for a while. Yeah. I just want to go watch a movie. Now I'll come home. It's good stuff. Highly recommend everybody go check it out. Consider uh, signing up for their for their plus because you know again it's um I know there's a, a myriad of feelings that um that the no agenda community have on paywalls and uh, I guess different styles of value for value. But after listening through to these more in depth conversations, it, it gets pretty weird and uh, 
the guests that they actually have on this episode, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to play both clips now that I'm thinking about it, but uh, his name was Chris Milligan and his father worked for the CIA. And this is just sort of to illustrate the caliber or uh, um, not caliber, I guess, just show one of many guests that they've had on the show. And so I, I don't like that stuff. I, I you know, I, I don't, don't, I just smoke some pot and my dad said, I'm going to stop it there for a second. The conversation is uh, Chris Milligan. Who's talking right there. He's approached by his father when he was about 18. And he thinks that he's having a conversation uh, about the use of drugs because his dad is asking him about heroin. And this is during the time of the Vietnam war. Well, you're, you're, you're just making money for them. And the way he spat out them, I, I knew he didn't like them. But, you know, I mean, I was, uh, you know, teenager and having fun. And so, and uh, then about the, uh, the, the day before my 20th birthday, I'd gone to visit the folks. I, I, that I'd moved out. I was living up in Portland. And uh, I figured, you know, it was for cake and ice cream, something like that. And uh, we're there, and my dad looks at me after a while. He says, well, you know, it's time to have that talk. I said, well, okay. And he took me into what I called my little brother's room, and it was downstairs, and, and he, there was this professor from that was visiting them, uh, Professor uh, D.F. Fleming from Vanderbilt. And because my... Uh, we had lived in Nashville for a couple of years and uh, uh, we went in and sat down and my dad just, you know, he, he looks at me and he says, the Vietnam War is about drugs. There's these secret societies behind it. <laughs> and I'm thinking, OK, dad's talking about uh, the mafia. I mean, and I won't get into the second clip because you can go to America.ca and check out episode 13 to hear the rest of it. <laughs> Um, nice. Yeah, I hadn't heard any, even the first hour of that one yet. So that sounds that sounds good. Yeah, the whole episode. I, I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying about um, the because I've always been pretty uh, turned off by the paywall model. Mm -hmm. But with what these guys are doing, um, and they're trying to avoid like because people that are going to try to get them shut down aren't going to typically pay the money to hear the cancelable stuff. And uh, when you're talking to people like Judy Mikovits, you do have a target on your back for sure. So yeah, I, I see what they're trying to do and I'm, I'm all for it with the, with outload. So yeah, and they, I think there, there could be a great argument to be made about those kind of paywalls for, I guess, more dangerous or salacious material, you know, um, not that it really is or should be, but just in the in the current times, it, it it's treated that way. Um, you know, I think that uh, the way you monetize your show, though, it's always uh, a negotiation between the content creator and the audience, like the people consuming it. And I've never really felt comfortable as a podcaster telling like other podcasters how they should or shouldn't monetize or like looking up or down at them. You know, like. It's this is this the whole point of a free and decentralized market is you have that power to, you know, do it the way you want to do it. Yeah. And if your audience is in, on, you know, if your audience is in and supports it, then more power to you. <laughs> Let them shill manscape. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you're, gonna, if, you're, if you're into selling pube shavers and your audience is into listening to that shit, then everybody's happy, man. <laughs> You can't like also. <laughs> you can't also do what Tim Dillon does very well, and Bill Burr used to do it. But Tim Dillon will have like 
his sponsors, he will just shit all over. Like he had, uh, I think the other day I heard him going on about like it was some cereal company, like keto cereal. And he basically just spent the whole ad talking about how like it, it was uh, a startup company started by a uh, a uh, guy that murdered his wife and kids. And he's just trying to get back on his feet, just totally making up some like <laughs> scandal around his sponsors and they let him do it. So it's like I, if you can make your ads hilarious, then that that's another way to not not make a if you're if the ads that you're reading are you make that entertaining content which very few people can do that's fine too i uh i don't want to spill the beans too hard but i'm really glad lavish has joined behind the schemes we've been chatting and we might be uh testing out a new gag for some format shakeups yeah we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna channel some tim dylan i think (laughs) oh good (laughs) um yeah, you know, I <clears throat> so both of the shows that I've brought, I have signed up for the plus. Um, the second one, I let it lapse uh, probably mid 2019 or 18. No, 19. Um, so I, I had it for about a year. I just I forgot to sign back up. It That's the thing that's like, you know, um, I feel like for something like Donations to Hog Story, it's a more it's got a little more ceremony to it. While when you donate to these shows, it's providing additional stuff because you can it's it's a full show. Like if you go and listen to the Grimerica outlawed ones, usually they're about an hour and a half. And um, they they do such a good job, in my opinion, of editing that it, it's it's got a it's got a really solid beginning and end point. So it does work as a standalone thing. I mean, why? And it's, it's awesome. I mean, the best proof is it's on the fucking No Agenda stream, uh, just a curated classic collection of podcasts. Um, I was dumb and I didn't do the thing that I meant to do for my second show. So I'm going to try and stall here while bloviating about it, about it. But my second show is the same format. <laughs> I try to give you stall time. <laughs> the, uh, it's it's a show that uses the higher side chats paywall format, and this show is called the higher side chats. Nice, <laughs> <laughs> nice. So both both it's of these show. shows, like I said at the beginning, are shows that I, I I was listening to in the beginning of all of my heyday of listening to podcasts. Higher side chats was recommended to me by a stagehand. Funny enough, in New York, upstate New York. And I think he had actually said that uh, Greg was a buddy of his. And Greg has probably the best streak for finding super weird out there guests to talk about. And one of my other favorite things about about Greg is he is he's really good at asking questions. He's really good at having that not a plan of attack but he he's got like he's got it in his head what they're going to talk about like down to a t and it moves the show's got great original uh music for like outros and stuff like that most of the time they're parodies and things of that nature um are y'all uh i know i know chris has listened to them have you sir spencer yeah there were some folks in my audience who were um talking about uh thc and so i checked it out a few episodes of it. I'm like really bad at keeping up with podcasts. As I think I've talked about on this show, like the ones that I listen to like without fail are no agenda and hog story. And then everything else, it's kind of like when I can get it, right. I get it. 
Yeah, for me at this yeah, point. Yeah, I um, I was just gonna say I I listened to it's I listened to higher side chats the same way I do Rogan, just based on the get who the guest is. That's exactly yeah. what I was gonna say. Um, because some of the guests, I, I don't know, they a little too out there, a little too spooky. Um, but there's there's one oh, man. If I had remember the name, that would have been really sweet. But he finds this word magician, and she's like, uh, "Did you ever notice the similarities between the words?" Prophet, prophet, pray and pray, and just blew my mind. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so I made a running gag out of that. I was going to start a band called Prophet Pray. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, I'm going to do this on the fly. Hopefully, it's not fucked up. In the 1930s, President Franklin Delano Roosevelt addressed play all a little bit of what he's probably most famously known for, and that's a. Uh, that's his intros. That our society would recover from its troubled times. Well, we're far from 1930, and I deal with a different kind of fire. For a new era of worldly frustration, we offer a fresh conversation. I'm Greg Carlwood, and these are the Higher Side Chats. Serenity, now, Higher Side Chatters, how the hell are you out there? Drinking a little drink, smoking a little smoke, and trying to keep this ship afloat on the rough and choppy waters of the vast conspiracy? From sunny San Diego, I'm Greg Carlwood, and I think it's becoming more and more clear that things are just not going back to the way they were. For the foreseeable future, our physical space will be full of masks, socially distanced settings, and COVID restrictions, and the online world will continue to be dominated by the same corporate behemoths we love to hate, pushing any and all alternative voices outside of the circle as best they can. But the inspiration is with those being proactive rather than reactive, the bold and brave counterculture leaders who won't sit idly by as the shadowy puppet masters of the capstone cabal systematically snuff out the flame of freedom. Those who are organizing right now to build better systems and communities, both physical and digital, just outside the grasp of the nefarious few. Whether it's secret lists of local restaurants that dare serve food like some Prohibition-era speakeasies, or a confusing corner Cornucopia of new decentralized platforms built on preserving free speech and privacy. We will be all right, because we're taking the party elsewhere. And for me, ladies and gentlemen, nobody is paving the way to the promised land like today's powerhouse guest and alternative party planner, Adam Curry. <laughs> for the uninitiated, Adam has been in broadcasting and pirate <laughs> radio since the early 80s, gained popularity as an MTV VJ when that was still a thing, but most importantly, pioneered the podcasting protocol in the early 2000s. He's best known as the crack co-host of the ever-popular No Agenda show, as well as the co-host of Mo Facts with Adam Curry, and most recently, the Podcasting 2.0 podcast with Dave Jones. But that's not all, folks. Fed up with the corporate takeover of the internet and the poisoning of the podcasting well, it seems the podfather himself now has a second child he's here to talk to us about in the new decentralized and superior podcastindex.org and so much more. He's making the future look quite bright for people like your humble host who are getting worried about the company censorship storm so let's do the damn thing the great podcasting preserver and conspiracy crackpot of the drone star state mr media assassin himself adam the podfather curry welcome to the higher side yeah i brought my horns yeah Nice. I love it. I Best love it. intro ever, man. Thank you so much, Rick. Thank you. <laughs> I try. So that's that is without a fail. Every episode, every episode starts <laughs> with the yeah. He's he's got a way with words, and he really works hard on those intros. He does a good job. And the host is always like, "Wow, that was a great intro." <laughs> yeah. Man does his research. When I when I show up, I'm gonna be like, "What the fuck, man." <laughs> 
um i love this show i mean they they go into such weird fucking places um he's not a flat earther but he'll have flat earth people on just to fucking have a conversation about it um he's more hollow earth which which i i kind of align with that 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 shit's just blows my mind um i want to play a little bit of uh it was an episode with ari and they're talking about how saturn formed the universe so stories to best of my imagination and understanding. First of all, I had to choose a starting point, a starting date. It's Ari uh, Azulin episode, the the Electric Universe, Pyramid Portals, and our Martian Overlords. Which I chose 4077 BC because Jeanneau Cook uses this date and his book seems to be one of the best references for different civilizations, different calendars, different dates. I will point out that there are many different origin dates and many different civilizations, and these things are very much in dispute. So to rule out a lot of the chaos of dispute, I had to just settle on one perspective where the timeline started at 4077 BC, and that is the first memory of mankind. Before that, we didn't have any memory, and there wasn't really much sense of life, not here on Earth or anywhere else in this conjunction I'm about to describe. So what happened? So in the beginning, in the beginning, you got this L-type brown dwarf system. A brown dwarf system is understood to be a low-energy sun that does emanate its own energy. Saturn does release twice as much heat as it receives from the sun, according to NASA, so it qualifies as one of these. However, the current version of Saturn as we see it is a small gas giant with a ring. Now, the Saturn as it first existed had all of the planets in it, including Jupiter and Venus and Neptune and Uranus and Nibiru, the ninth planet. They had all of them, all of them together inside this one gas giant. And they talk about when the two posit- uh, positive- positively charged um, Sun and Saturn, like when they touched, Saturn flipped over to, to a negative charge and just started spitting out planets. <laughs> Created Jupiter <laughs> and then Venus and Earth. And I'm just like, I'm sitting here listening, and he says it at the beginning. He's like, so, so from the best of my imagination, and he's like, uh, part of his whole thing is, He's he's taken bits and pieces from Electric Universe and ancient crea- uh, ancient creation myths and forming the story of what makes sense to him. And I just I can't think of anything more fucking powerful. Like, no, nah, this is what I think. And what a fucking story. Just like that visual of having Saturn uh, birth Jupiter, and the, the, the gas giant. Holy fuck. Um, but to wrap up, uh, it's like a fart, <laughs> like Saturn farted, <laughs> just pop right on out there. Gas giant. I've um, had a few gas giants come out of my ass. <laughs> you love it. I've had a couple of Mars, <laughs> the red planet. <laughs> oh no. Uh oh. Only at a certain time of the month. <laughs> that feels so good. Only on days that end in Y. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you might want to get that locked down. All right. Uh, so I figured who else better to wrap up my point that there's a uh, there's there's just a vast array of different uh, ways to value for value. Greg Carlwood, he's been doing it for 12, 11 years. He was able to pull himself out of his retail job at GameStop and make this a full-time career. And I just, I, I don't really think that there's anything more inspiring than something like that. Like this is a guy that was doing shit that we like, you know, just like us fucking digging around on, uh, just 
the internet and reading through old books and, and just trying to figure out what makes sense and what to make, or what, yeah, how to make sense of the truth. And, um, I'm just going to let Adam kind of wrap it up for me. Well, you've already witnessed yourself with your own business model. The days of free are over. And when you stop giving away or accepting stuff for free, knowing that there's stuff attached to it, you actually create more freedom for yourself. Wise words. Well, right on. This has been a true honor and a pleasure, man. I already owe my career to you in a big way. And as the world changes, you might just be on the forefront of paving a path that saves my ass again. Ass save 2.0. Uh, I really appreciate it, man. Uh, Adam Curry, the rebel with the cause, making the future look a little bit brighter. Thanks again. No Agenda, of course, is the show everyone should check out. Mo Facts as well. And Podcasting 2.0 is a third show for the techie people who want to really get under the hood of what's happening. Any other links to leave them with? No, man, that's it. And I really appreciate the time. I very much appreciate your questions and your preparation. Really enjoyable. And this was what I had always hoped some podcast conference would ask me to do. They never do. They never ask Dvorak or myself to come and tell them how we do it or how you can be successful. And you pretty much did that from beginning to end. And, and it's really much appreciated. This is one from my own archive. Ah, too kind. Glad to hear that. Well, thanks again and take care out there, man. You heard it. One for his own archive. It's a good show. It's a, now I gotta listen to it hundred percent. It's a it's a little dated because Adam is uh Adam is um two hands on the rein for the Kraken. Um but who wasn't at that point? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it was like <laughs> Oh yeah, uh, I forgot. Yeah, yeah was. everybody was rooting for that, right? I mean, we all want like a superhero ending. I want the spectacle. I just want the spectacle. Shit, I know people that are still thinking that's going on. <laughs> um at, at a certain point it gets to be like like Joseph Smith, keep on predicting. <laughs> right. Oh, no, it's, uh, it's uh, April Gre 3rd. Oh, April 3rd comes. No, it's uh, April 29th. Yeah. Now, and Greg is kind of like the, uh, he's he's like the, he's he's the goal we all want to get to, right? Like he, he was uh, working at GameStop. He totally quit his job and now his income solely from his show. So that's, that's yeah, cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and there's no advertisements on it. He only, he only mm -hmm. shills for his own brand, own products, own own yeah. creation hey listen you dicks send money <laughs> i i and this actually made me think of a word instead of money uh monetize why not value ties is that has that been used yet i don't think so yeah that's kind of what adam's saying right there i mean I, I don't know if i would go as far to say that there's nothing such as free anymore um but i well, think i think if you're able to uh receive treasure like you know the just receive the the cash aspect of it in to, and to keep not only it afloat but yourself afloat you know does it allow you to step away from that full-time job does it does it um allow you to pursue the arts i mean this is kind of an art form i would argue um definitely to pursue your passions full-time like and i think that uh what he's saying by there's no free anymore he's saying like if it's free that means that the costs are hidden like, oh, yeah. You know, on these free services like Facebook or YouTube or whatever, where you are the product, where your data is being sold, like, you're, it's not actually free. It's just that you don't put any money in that you're visibly seeing. But, you know, you're still, you're still having value siphoned from you behind the scenes, behind the schemes, if you will. Hell yeah. All right. I think, uh, unless they're seat sitter, 
had any final thoughts on it, um, I'm ready to pass it over. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, it, I just, I guess what I already said is the, uh, I used to not be, I used to be kind of repulsed by the paywall model, but it's, I've come to understand it, that it's, uh, it's like, uh, you know, it's, I think it might've just been the examples I saw early on that weren't the, those two shows you brought yeah. of how it was done. Um, but yeah, I like, I like both those shows. I like how they're doing it. And yeah. But they're, uh, everybody should check them out because Grimerica and Higher Side Chats are both quality and and kind of like you they were both some of the probably the two earliest podcasts i was listening to outside of rogan yeah uh the other the other one would have been tinfoil hat so it was really those three Mm -hmm. blend of those shows but cool thanks for listening yeah thanks for bringing those man anytime good stuff that was Um, a tasty combo i brought some podcast 2.0 stuff if you want to roll into still adam talking Let's go for it. Um, I just want to say that, first of all, I mean, I think everybody knows this who would be listening to us, but Adam is like the hype man of hype men, you know? And you could tell with the intro uh, to to PC20. You want me to start with podcast clips, number one. Podcast podcast 2.0, clip one. Podcasting 2.0 for April 9th, 2021, episode 32. Oh, yeah. We got lightning in a bottle, baby. Yeah, I love he's it. Just, he just brings the hype so hard. You know what I mean? I think um, a, a, a long time ago on No Agenda, Dvorak said, like, there could, Curry could just be totally sick, like, barely alive, and he'll still bring that energy and that hype. It's nice, man. You can't tell he's on death's door. When he turns it on, it's just so on, you know? Yeah. Um... But yeah, I love this. So this is the podcasting 2.0 the two Fridays ago. And uh, I just thought that there were a lot of great uh, things brought up. Um, go ahead and get to the, the clip two where he asks a philosophical question. Philosophical question. Do you think that this should be abstracted to a layer that no one ever really knows what channel means? Or do you think that for the overall understanding of freedom and forward movement of life as an active participant in a new global financial system, it is, and I, and I ask this for a specific reason, it is important to understand how this works. And do you think that it's important to expose that to users? Because the biggest pushback I get is, you know, it's my mom can't do it, mm-hmm. which to which I say, you know, what's wrong with your mom? <laughs> <laughs> Learning disability. Because yeah. um, it's very rude to moms, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Think better of your mom. She's a on, smart lady. But on the other hand, um, I also don't want to create a world of people who... <laughs> think that a browser is uh, yeah. the internet or that Google is the internet or yeah. DuckDuckGo. Hey, I'm, I've got privacy on the internet. Mm-hmm. This is, I think it's important, but I don't know what, what the philosophy is. I don't even know if there is a right answer to it. I don't really know if there's a right answer either um, because I think on the one hand, I very much sympathize with you on wanting everybody to be an expert and understanding the nuts and bolts and like being a truly self-sovereign citizen, right? Like I, I agree with at, you. At my core. I, at my core. Of course. Mm-hmm. I, I want that to happen. But on the other side, we like we have tons of lessons throughout the history of technology that like that attitude just that's the attitude that got nobody to use pgp right but you know what got a bunch of people to use end-to-end encryption the signal because signal is just really easy to use Mm -hmm. right and and i think that there's a really delicate balancing act there and 
Um, there's a problem with trying to prematurely optimize for UX and like sacrificing some of these core properties. It's really more of a yeah, timing yeah, issue yeah, yeah, as yeah. the technology develops. Okay. Right? I whole, I whole a hundred percent agree with that. Cause we like, that's one of the things that we, that we are struggling with right now. You know, we have podcasterwallet.com that mm-hmm. we're to get, mm-hmm. bring people on board. Mm-hmm. And there's this, le- there's this threshold where you get your, you try to get things more and more simple, more and more simple, but then you hit a realism point yeah. mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, um, we we can spend a monumental amount of effort to get an extra 5% ease of use here mm-hmm. but once you get that then what you what you end up what you end up with is that you've you've onboarded a user who doesn't understand what they've just done yep and that mm-hmm. opens up a new set of support problems which yep. is unbelievably complicated those secondaries yep, when they do mm-hmm. weird shit oh, oh yeah. my god mm-hmm. So this has kind of been the uh, spot I find myself as well. And by the way, that's Ryan Gentry of uh, Lightning Labs that was their guest on that. Uh, They're just kind of talking about this struggle to onboard people at this weird, awkward stage where... um, You know, the ease of use is uh, a big complaint and a lot of things are in alpha or beta uh, that are being used for the the value-to-value system. And I have a different philosophy than than Adam does, I think, on the my mom can't use it, where he's kind of like, oh, what are you saying about your mom? Like your mom, you're saying your mom can't use it like that she's dumb. Whereas my reaction is like, dude, what the fuck are you bringing your mom in here for? Like, keep her. This is not a safe place for your mom. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Good point. Like, do you remember when Facebook went all the way wrong? It's when everyone's mom got on. Like, that's when it really started to suck. So, and, and, and that's You're like, right. I'm not trying to say no mom's allowed. What I'm trying to say is like, why don't you get in and use it yourself? Because I think a lot of people who say, oh, my mom can't use it are actually saying that they can't use it or that they can't figure it out. Uh, that's me. And it's like, yeah. dude, you got to work on you first. <laughs> you can't, you can't be worried about what your mom can and can't use. You know, she's still got that fucking... Nikon from Walmart that she bought in 2003 to take pictures on. Like, come on. I can't even get my butt to shit out of stream. So, like, the idea of doing all this lightning stuff is very intimidating to me. It's kind of like a weird balancing point where we're, you know, uh, what I've been saying about get in the car and drive it is just like go to Podcast Index, look up your uh, podcast, and click that lightning icon and just get it. If you get it monetized to where somehow it's pointed at a node and it's streaming sats, um, you're going to want to do that as soon as possible. And then you can update it and get it better. You know, you can put a new node in. If if you get your own node up and running eventually and figure out how to um, keep it running, then you can always change where your uh, value is pointed in the podcast index. But to get it enabled, it's so awesome. Like when we showed up in Breeze app without doing a thing, without lifting a finger, like, that's just one app that's uh, going to be part of so many apps that are going to come out, you know, in the next few years. And all of them are just going to auto-populate because they're pulling from the index. Uh, another thing that I would love to work on with people in the community, if you play the Channel Factories clip, uh, I need to research this, but this really piqued my interest when I heard him talk about it. One, there's not really like a ton of people clamoring for this technology right now, like 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 in the in the billions, right? Where we need to make this so simple that your grandma can use it. So like we have time where we can still try and focus on making it safe and decentralized and educating people and all that sort of stuff. But also too is 
the Bitcoin protocol and like therefore Lightning itself is going to change. Um, mm-hmm. And we are going to like we don't want to prematurely optimize for Lightning today because we may miss that, you know, in a couple of years, all of a sudden Lightning will get really much easier. And maybe you can be totally safe and not run your own node. Right. And like, mm-hmm. you know, like if you're curious, um, mm-hmm. the thing to look into would be a concept called channel factories, um, which is where, you know, 10 nodes are sharing a single uh, really big UTXO mm-hmm. and are making channels within channels uh, and stuff like that. And so like that was actually okay. that's uh, where Kim Jong-un dro- drops the uh, the EMP. <laughs> so, yeah. Do you want to like get our nodes together and make a really big UTXO, guys? <laughs> uh, yeah. Fuck yeah, I, I, I do. I don't know what the hell a UTXO is uh, in all transparency, but I'll figure it out. You know what I mean? This is the, I think people get the false impression when I run around kind of talking about the Lightning Network and value for value and podcasting 2.0. Um, it is that balance. I'm even in that balance between where your mom can't use it and where I know everything about it. You know, I'm I'm not talking out my ass completely, but I'm not like... When these guys use these technical terms and these uh, acronyms, I'm not read into all of these acronyms. But when I hear them, that makes it easy to look it up. That makes it easy to, uh, what's a UTXO? Well, I'll figure that out because at least I know the acronym, you know. Um, But this is something that I think we should be doing too. Like we should have our own, uh, you know, uh, federation of, of a chunk of nodes that work together because we don't really have the liquidity to match a lot of the big nodes right now. But if we band our nodes together in this channel factory, we can combine our forces like the Captain Planet kids, I think. And, you know, just uh, there's a, make, a, make a super node. I actually think I did hear of a, a technical term for that, and that was, oh, fuck, you're going to make me Voltron. Hey, I'm going to skip a couple of my clips, but I did want to... <laughs> play clip five because this is really where i i kind of have this uh imposter syndrome going on uh as i'm like diving in and i mean it's been months of me like being absorbed with this stuff like all all this calendar year all 2021 it's just been like everything i can learn uh running my head against the wall i've been trying to get lorian onto sphinx using the raspy blitz for like two weeks now um and i'm just going to keep trying until it works but uh, this is where I think I really felt uh, <laughs> I identified with kind I kind of want to hear everything you got, so don't feel the need to skip clips unless uh, you want to. Okay. Um, we'll do clip five since I since I just uh, lubed it up. And, do you know that these guys years. like Tim and Graham, they don't actually sleep. I, I'm aware of that. They, yeah, they, don't, sleep. they yeah. don't sleep. Yeah. Ever. They've been struck by lightning. They don't need to sleep. Touche. <laughs> <laughs> And that was the first show that we did on uh, talking about the Lightning Network. We called it Struck by Lightning. But the no sleep thing, like when I'm sitting up at 3, 4 in the morning, like uh, it might be reading uh, different docs on GitHub. It might be just fucking stacking sats in some stupid game. But whatever I'm doing, it's all this. It's all I can like really think about. It's been all consuming. And... um, I just feel like uh, it's the time to get to, you know, get in and get set up because uh, this thing is still going to crawl upwards and upwards. I mean, this has kind of been the calendar year where the big money is getting in. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's also coming into what is it? Middle of April. So next month is May. It's five months in and 
look how far the Sphinx. I know that um, you were kind of talking about some issues you were having with uh, getting the messages to populate in the tribes, but yeah, I mean, even that, like, it's still. I've got right now oh. nine hundred eighty-four unread notifications from just all the different tribes that I've popped yeah. into. Most of that is Tales from the Crypt, I will admit. Um, oh, yeah. Those guys are always popping off in there. And Orange Pill is another one that's, like, super active. Yeah, um, but uh, 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 Dame Jennifer's in there. She's got yep. animated no agenda. Um, I haven't seen Dean much, even though Up is Down is listed. Yeah, I joined that. It seems pretty quiet. Um, Mo Fax. Mo got in there a couple weeks back, but it's kind of quiet a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I mean... Again, this just demonstrates how early all of this stuff is. And like, I don't know, I think I'm up to 25 members in my tribe or something like that. But, you know, it keeps climbing and the momentum is what's crazy because it was a ghost town for the first three months. And then all of a sudden, like it just woke up sometime in March. Yeah. And it's just been going crazy ever since. And it's middle of uh, April. You've already got your raspy blitz built. <laughs> I mean, this shit is, it's, it's about the fucking, I'm not going to say take off, but starting to press down on the accelerator clip uh four will kind of uh we'll just pl just play it it's impressive stop have you seen the the guys that sent the bitcoin transaction over do you know that i was one of them oh shit that i was the first one <laughs> <laughs> did you know Plot twist. Plot twist. <laughs> it, it, now to be fair it was just an invoice so it wasn't like a like a full-on it was just an invoice that i got offline but i did get it was it from from NBK from the Quack yeah. guy? Okay. Yeah, 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 oh, yeah. Damn. Yeah. Oh, no, it's okay. Okay, but that, that was here. I thought that was awesome. That was here in Austin. So cool. Was that with that little radio right over wow. there? <clears throat> with that uh, uh, KX two. Yeah. So they bring up somehow they bring up hams and uh, Ryan Gentry asks. Oh, have you heard of the guys that sent a lightning transaction over ham radio? And Adam's like, that was me, motherfuckers. <laughs> oh, it's so awesome. It's just like uh, to be plugged into the the bleeding edge of this that's still experimental and that's going on. Like, it still just blows my mind. Um, clip six talks a little bit about uh, where this might be going. And this is another reason why I just urge everybody to just like get in even if you're like waiting in the kiddie pool or if you're like dipping your toes on the stairs of the pool like not quite ready to dive in not right quite ready to swim yet just get in the fucking pool uh play clip six federated they've made it uh, a very clear point of making all the bitcoin stuff incredibly simple on cash app i think it's it's fair to say the lightning is still a little too complicated for them if they wanted to prioritize it and like really make it work and had like high demand from their customer base to integrate it, I think they could do it. However, still, it's just a fact that uh -huh. the dominant use for Bitcoin is buying and holding it, especially in the U.S., which I think is yeah. to Dave's point about it being property, right? Like, I just, I just think I agree. that like I look at I look at my Cash App and I look at my Strike App. And I'm at Dave something and over on both. Mm -hmm. It just seems like everything is poised to be able to just make that thing just 100%. go right back. I mean, it looks like it looks like Mastodon is what it looks like. It looks like the Fediverse. Right. Yeah, right. We just need to learn money. how to federate into all. So all of these different apps, like right now it's scattered, it's fractured, uh, but they're all going to plug into each other. They're all going to be able to look up one another on a long enough timeline. It's just going to make monetary sense. It's going to be good for the network and it's going to be good for all the players involved 
to have these universal lookups. So Strike is a good example of an app where if you are not really lightning literate or Bitcoin literate and you're not a coiner and you don't have a bunch of Bitcoin on hand, what I can do with Strike is I can plug in a credit card or or a checking account and then I can say, oh, I just want to send bull after bull 20 bucks. And that's U.S. dollars, and I don't have to think about lightning. I don't have to buy Bitcoin. I don't have to go to an exchange. You can do that with Strike. You can just put in U.S. dollars, and then Bitcoin comes out the other end on my end. And that is going to be a great way to be stacking these Satoshis in an era before people are really interested in getting in themselves. A lot of these people are like, oh, I'm scared. I don't want to even hold it. I don't know what a... I don't want to have to hang a wallet around. I don't want to have a chance my Bitcoin stolen, all this shit. Uh, you can do it with Strike, and you never have to mess with the Bitcoin part of it at all. Hmm. It's fantastic. Is it btcstrike.com? Uh, let me see. That's a good question. Um, <laughs> That's that a sounds great right. question. <laughs> <laughs> what is the actual... Uh, <laughs> I should just pull it up on my phone because I don't know if there's a web app. Oh, so it's a, it's an actual like uh, uh, iOS Android app. Yes. Oh, okay. Hold on. I do see yeah. it here. It's in the Google Google Store. So if you look up Strike on the Play Store or on the App Store, um, it's super simple. There's two buttons. You got Request and Pay, and then you can make a deposit, and it just shows you your balance in dollars because you're using dollars. And then you can request or pay out um, anything. It's sort of like Venmo in that way on the pay part where you can pay somebody, oh, yeah, you bought pizza last night or here's the money back for spotting me at the bar or whatever. Um, and you heard him talk about Cash App too. Cash App has made it really easy to buy Bitcoin within it, um, but it's on-chain Bitcoin. And so it still has those on-chain fees if you want to send it anywhere. That's kind of the advantage of Strike is it's going to be lightning um, it's going to be the lightning payments right when you get it. Uh, can you do multiple coins out of it or is it, uh, just for the right. Satoshis right now? It's just for the Satoshis as far as I know. Okay. I just, I and, just got it nice. and that'll lightning be and strike. I get it. Okay. Uh, strike. Uh, yeah. The lightning strikes. Kapow. Ding. Yeah. And to, I know that Sir Saturday, uh, really harps on, you should have other coins, the ability to, to shoot other coins around. Now, there's kind of a split in the crypto world where a lot of people are what they call maximalists, Bitcoin maximalists, that just believe that like Bitcoin is the only currency that's actually worth a shit. And all the other coins that they call shit coins are just basically jock riding off of Bitcoin, and they're only worth anything because Bitcoin is around. Uh, I'm kind of like, I'm not an absolutist on just about anything. And so I do hold other coins, but I've been moving a lot of them to Bitcoin over time just because it's kind of like the main thing. And now with the Lightning Network and the ability to move it around, uh, a lot of the other coins that I use, they were just easier to send and spend. Uh, and it, I don't really have that problem anymore over Lightning. But like, I, you know, there's, there's, there's not really... The right, you know, I'm doing the finger quotes here when I say the right way to do stuff. Like, um, there are best practices, but also it's so early and everyone is so opinionated that it's like, uh, it's kind of like, what's the right exercise regimen? It's the one that you'll actually do, you know? And so I would suggest if you hear about a new app, try it out, see if it works for you, see if you, you know, if you hate it, just delete the app and, and move on. 
Um, but you'll, you'll over time come to figure out what works for you. Um, and yeah, that's kind of my lightning ramp. I'll end it. I'll end it in there with my, uh, PC 20 clips, uh, which by the way, um, Adam hates calling anything a pod, you know, that, a that a brev, that annoying brev. <laughs> and, uh, I had found myself inadvertently saying like pod 2.0, but then like catching myself and like hating myself right when I said it. And I'm like, Oh, what's a short way to say that whole title. And then, uh, on one of the episodes, Dave Jones actually called it PC 20. And I'm like, that's it. I'm going with PC 20 for now on as the short form. Um, so that's my on stream, uh, in a stream show that I'm bringing to you. And then my other show, I'm just going to go way out of left field because this kind of caught my attention. I only have three clips from it. Um, but I found this podcast in the breeze app on the trending list. So I never, I never would have found this any other way, but, uh, the guy lightning enabled his podcast and I found it in breeze and, the episode that caught my attention was about Jesse James. Cause I'm from, uh, where Jesse James is from. We'll get to that in a Ooh. second, but this clip, uh, this intro, this is literally the first, uh, how long is it? This is the first minute of the podcast. Go ahead. On December 7th, 1876, eight strangers rode into the town of Northville, Minnesota. Shortly before noon, they stopped at a local restaurant and dined on fried eggs. Residents of Northville would later testify that the men smelled of alcohol and were clearly under the influence. After eating, the men left the diner, crossed a bridge, and headed towards the First National Bank of Northfield. They fanned out. Three of the men entered the bank, two stood guard directly outside the door, and the other three took up positions in the nearby square. This wasn't some amateur job or some greenhorn gang of wannabes. No, this was the infamous James Younger gang and they had been robbing and stealing and killing for years. They had perfected the art of robbing not only banks, but trains and stagecoaches as well. But on this fateful day, they picked the wrong bank in the wrong town. The citizens of Northville weren't in the mood to have their bank robbed that day. Soon a suspicious Northville resident cried out, get your guns, boys, they're robbing the bank. Before the James Younger crew knew it, they were being riddled with bullets, having to escape town in a hell of gunfire that resulted in the death of two of them and the wounding of all the others. They were shot all to hell. So there's just like a guy who hits the ground running on a podcast. I really love that. Like, uh, uh, you hit play and you're coming in, in strong. You know, there's no like, yeah. uh, uh, I love that upfront stuff. Um, no this beating is, around the bush there. I don't know if I mentioned, but this is the bloody beaver podcast. And he just tells like old West stories of different, like old West, uh, folklore and heroes and villains and, uh, lawmen and outlaws and that kind of stuff. And, um, you could go ahead and play clip two. I think he does his like personal intro, but I just kind of like his style and, and, uh, the way he does stuff. Sorry. Was that clip two? Oh yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Clip two. Who were the James younger brothers? And more importantly, who were these badass normal citizens that stood up and said, not fucking today. Find out on this newest. Oh, I'm probably going to piss a lot of people off episode of bloody beaver podcast. The music yeah. is what's up, y'all. The, uh, the music is great. What's up, y'all? The music is great, and the guy just has a pretty good sense of humor. Um, I only had one issue in the whole episode, but I can't really be mad because this is like the most common uh mispronunciation of my hometown in clip three. Jesse Woodson James was born on September 5th, 1847 in Clay County, Missouri, near the present-day city of Kearney. His father was a farmer and a minister, but would die when Jesse was only three years old. Everyone calls it Kearney. And it's carny, like a carnival worker, carny. Uh, 
which is really weird. If you look at it, K-E-A-R-N-E-Y, it looks like Kearney. It has the word ear in it, you know. Right. But uh, it's Kearney. There's a Kearney, Nebraska that's actually much bigger. But uh, this is uh, why I call myself a Clay County outlaw. Uh, it's like the Jesse James tradition. I was, I grew up in the same town, so it's kind of all we had. That's all. Car- that's all that puts Carney on the map, if it even is on the map. Is uh, Jesse James? Yeah, that's pretty and awesome. Jesse I guess James. M- Mr. Dell's Potato Factory is there too, and it's like I think the only manufacturer of. Uh, true gaming dice like casino dice like actual ones you can use in a casino uh there's like a dice manufacturer there it's like the only one in the country so all the dice come from carney the dice man cometh. oh and you said what is mr dell's it's like potatoes like uh you know uh hash browns and you find them in the frozen section oh, hash okay. browns and uh you know what do they call them breakfast taters <laughs> <laughs> French fries, all that good stuff. Tater tots. Very cool. Yes. So those are my two shows, gentlemen. I uh, th- There was one quick thing I wanted to throw in there about the uh, your mother's clip. Oh, Actually, yes. I told Mama Barry about this, and it, t- it took a just a short back and forth, but she was on board with it, and um, I, think, uh, I think there's a chance I could get my mom into this. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> that almost sounds like a fucking challenge. <laughs> <laughs> Mama Burry, come on Enjoy. in. The water's fine. Yeah, man, I'll tell you what, that dang old internet mic. Dang old internet mic. Um, I'm not well, wearing any clothes, though. Uh-oh. Just a warning. Oh, Just, by the way, how was, your, my, how was your eggles? How was your eggle, your bagel and egg? Oh, oh yeah. my bagel and egg was fantastic. Oh, my goodness gracious. Nice. It was, like, exactly what the doctor ordered. Nice. Sweet. Yeah, I might have, might have, might have, to, might have to go get me a... Uh, might have to go get me some breakfast food after this. It's sounding good before the golf course. Get a little, get a little bacon and egg, and uh, what do you, what do you call it when you put some bacon and eggs on a, uh, on a bagel? A bacon and eggle? A big, a ba- a, ba- a nader. <laughs> yeah, you know. What you call me? So, um, <laughs> I'm gonna have to go ahead and apologize all around in advance for this first show. Um, apologize to. The people that make it apologize to you guys for having to hear it and apologize to everyone listening to this. But um, I'm just going to jump right into it. Uh, into, you know, realizing, wait a minute, not everything that I believe is actually backed by evidence. It's it's basically an attempt to explain how things are, but to arrive at a specific conclusion. And after that, it was just a long process of years of me you know, looking at all sides of things and just one by one, every argument toppling over. And I mean, that wasn't a quick, easy process. It took literal years for me to kind of get out of, you know, where I started. Um, but yeah, that, that it's always a process yeah, that to me, just for context, I guess I should give it a little more. This is two guys talking about their, well, the, the episode is titled Conspiratorial Thinking and trying to analyze why people believe in conspiracy theories. Are they trying to save um, us from our conspiracies? Yeah, and for some reason they spend, it's an hour and a half episode and they don't even get into conspiracy theories until the last half hour. It's all, the first hour has is all about um, evolution. And he's talking about how he used to be like a young earth creationist and how he, how he finally um, started learning 
or started applying critical thinking to what he believed is what they're talking about now. I think um, having that background, knowing what it's like to have a different belief, um, to some extent, I'm actually kind of grateful for that because I can at least empathize with somebody who is of that mindset because I once was there. Um, and I know that what changed for me was exposing myself to things that I wasn't comfortable with and, you know, being willing to follow evidence wherever it goes and not attaching myself to any particular conclusion, you know, just be being willing to be wrong. Um, that took a pretty decent amount of investment of my time, you know, literal years, uh, just to kind of get to a point where I could finally understand, you know, conceptually how what I currently believed could not be accurate uh, because it just wasn't logically consistent. And it, um, you know, was, it was unfortunately full of a lot of confirmation bias and there was a lot, there, there was literally an agenda behind it. Um, I don't know, just, uh, just kind of that exposure um, caused me to change my mind about a lot of things. I think that part of it though, um, at least learning how to be more skeptical and how to be more critical. Um, I think that's pretty well accessible to most people. So I play that clip just to give you a kind of a background of uh, keep that one in mind, applied to clips later on and see if you can make it make sense. Um, do you guys ever like hate listen to a podcast? No, I like never, ever, not even a single time. I have no interest in it. No. Never. I've ha I've hate turned off podcasts like five minutes in, but I've never <laughs> hate listen. <laughs> I've never been like these motherfuckers suck. I'm gonna keep listening. <laughs> I, okay, I do that for. A, I did that. I just to, don't uh, have that kind of time. to Hillary's podcast. I did that to Hillary's podcast for a while. God I think bless it's good you. to understand the mindset of people. Well, it's and I don't. Even, I would like. I wouldn't even necessarily hate listen is the right way to put it, but uh, understanding. To, it does help you understand the mindset of people who are sure. completely on the other end of the spectrum as you also. Yeah. Well, I guess um, in that vein, I do listen to uh, every once in a while I listen and I'm on the email list for Jason Kander's podcast. He's like a local Dem politician and uh, he did this podcast. He does this podcast called Majority 54. And the premise of it was like 54% of the electorate in 2016 didn't vote for Trump. And so it was like the, the whole point was trying to have a conversation uh, as the majority with those people and trying to like meet in the middle. So he always has this like philosophy, whether he follows it or not is maybe debatable, but he always has this philosophy of like togetherness and like, let's actually have a discussion in, especially in a time when everybody's like, no, burn the bridges. Don't talk to your racist uncle or whatever, you know, like everyone's a racist right. and you should cut them out of your life. So I do appreciate it on that uh, spectrum. Yeah. Um, I listened to every episode of the show, partly because one of the co-hosts on it, I'm semi friends with, um, but he's not on this episode. So I feel more comfortable hating on it. These are the guys that, uh, <laughs> these are the guys that I talked to uh, about COVID. Oh I remember yeah. This episode. Yeah. So I listened, I listened to pretty much every episode and usually it's like, I'm just like, <laughs> If I'm driving, listening, I am like clenching my steering wheel sometimes of the things I hear on there. But it's like, you know, sometimes I, there'll be some good. I, I am curious. Did you listen to most of it before or after you guys had your uh, your meetup? Before. I, I had already listened to every episode before I was uh, they had me on. Interesting. Do you um, think they did the same for you? 
No, 100, because uh, 100% doubt. <laughs> yeah, they don't they that that's the that's the problem that I'm kind of pointing out here with that first clip is like being open to like inner information that counters your viewpoint and they talk sure. about how important it is to critical thinking and they're talking about in the context of it being introduced to evolution when you're a, a young earth creationist, but they seem to have no interest in actually applying that in other things. Um, but yeah, uh, <laughs> of developed countries, the United States is like the most scientifically illiterate country um, of them all. And if you mm-hmm. look Profoundly at other, so. right. So if you look at other countries that um, have done a better job with education, um, they're not, I mean, sure. Yeah. They're still superstitious thinking there. Um, they're not, you know, this whole society of perfectly logical, rational people, but they're better off than we are, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm arguably biased, but I would say that, like, at least <laughs> in Western Europe, it does seem that the general populace comports with reality a lot more than the general American. Like, a, a majority of Americans don't believe in evolution, if I remember correctly. Is that actually true? I think so. I, I'm i only sitting at a computer. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's not like you have all of the knowledge available. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually curious about that because I've... Oh, uh, my God. He almost said it. Oh, it levels... Wikipedia has got me saved. <laughs> <laughs> um and you have to parse this out there. Remember how I said, like, when I was growing up, it wasn't that evolution was wrong. It's just that you believe it was guided by a supreme being. Right. What? If, according to uh, the 2009 Pew Research poll, so hopefully this has changed some, <laughs> but in the public, 53% of people in that 2009 poll either believed in a young earth creation or they believed that evolution was guided by a supreme being. <laughs> okay. So a, a slim majority. Hmm. I, I, so that would mean that the majority then. Would still speed evolution it up? Not, right, but um, it was guided evolution or young earth creation. Like, no, they're actually talking this fast. No, I had to speed it up. <laughs> About 40% of those people believe that evolution was guided by a supreme being. Okay. Or you could slice up that trio. 53% of people believe a supreme being was involved in the getting life to the point that it is here. And 32% of people didn't believe that a supreme being had a say in that process. 15% of the people in this whole group, it has NA, so they didn't list a response for that segment if you're adding up those numbers. Right. But yeah, only one third of people in this poll explicitly stated that they didn't think a supreme being had anything to do with it. Mm. Which also tends to correlate with education level. Right. And religiosity. True. Yeah. Which also correlates with education level. (laughs) Indoctrination level. Um, yeah, exactly. Indoctrination level. And I just flat out reject the premise that like believing that there's no meaning to life and being an atheist is like a measure of intelligence. It's No, and- <laughs> I, I agree. A lot of times it's the opposite side of the same coin that trap the atheists fall into where at least an agnostic is going to say like, uh, you know, it's it's an unprovable in a lot of ways. Like the, the mm-hmm. problem with atheism, it's an explicit statement in a lack of God, you know. And you can't prove a negative. Yeah. And and I will say both of these two dudes talking are self-proclaimed uh, Satanists, which is even oh, more cute. ridiculous to me. That's yeah. extra cute. Uh-huh. Like so, people sure. that don't believe that the coronavirus pandemic is happening almost to a man will use. Oh, by the way, uh, this is 
finally an hour into the show, they're done talking about evolution in a in an episode titled Conspiratorial Thinking. Oh my goodness. So they're finally done talking about evolution versus creationism, and now we're on to COVID. To a man, we'll use the term scandem- scamdemic. Right, or plandemic, one of the two. Right. As an insinuation that it's not just that people think that there's a pandemic when it's just actually a really bad flu season or whatever. Like there is a, an intent to deceive them. They are under threat. Right. Um, I'm not exactly sure what that would accomplish. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually kind of confused at that. <laughs> this, this is like... Oh my God! What, I can't what even. Would the mo- why what would, would the motivation be? I mean, why would a powerful small group of people who run everything want the whole world's population to just be like docile and controllable and, uh, uh, you know, putting money in the slot for them? I don't know. American what, what? billionaires have more than doubled their wealth during the lockdowns, but that's just a coincidence. Totally yeah, unrelated. I mean, oh, rich guys make money. That's like what they're good at. <laughs> I, I was so glad he almost said it, but he didn't quite say it earlier. But that always uh, fucking triggers me when people say, oh, well, like the cumulative knowledge of the entire world's at my fingertips. And they're like, because they're sitting in front of a computer, you know, and they go to Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, no, it fucking isn't. You dickweed. <laughs> no, it fucking isn't. Uh, uh. That would accomplish I'm I'm actually kind of confused at that. I was just wow to see what what would that accomplish? Breaking a pandemic and rolling out a trillion two trillion dollar vaccine program. I mean, I do appreciate the genuineness of all of this. Like you can tell that the confusion is genuine. Like yeah, he definitely because doesn't they, get it because they refuse to look at any evidence. Yeah, absolutely, I've been in right. a dialogue they're, with the with they're doing two, exactly with two of these guys. Uh, and I did listen to that whole show. It was like, I don't consider that hate listening. It was just like something I had to like suffer through, but I can do it if I'm, <laughs> if I'm rooting for somebody on there. Yeah. So I was like rooting for you, but they're doing the exact opposite of what they claim to like be so good at. Like, Oh, what got me out of my creationism hole? It's like, Oh, but you just got into another hole and then you stayed there and you haven't mm-hmm. really moved. And that's right. it. That's and like, this, uh, I'm not usually one for ad hominem attacks or personal smears, but all of these guys' voices sound like the type of person that would be an atheist. You know what I'm saying? Like the, their speaking voice. The Nintendo Switch crowd. The stri- <laughs> what? The Nintendo Switch crowd. Not. That's a stereotype. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, mean, I think I, I believe I messed up these uh, clips, but they. Um, this this is a. Uh, yeah. Oh well. They, this was supposed to. This clip right here was supposed to lead into them saying they they go on this rant, and I guess I messed it up, but they go on this whole diatribe about how um, they believe that like free like people that believe the in the in the pandemic or pandemic or scamdemic, they think that like I guess they think that their freedoms are getting taken away, and that the authority like that the 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 state shouldn't have the authority to shut down their business or make them wear a mask, and there's there's just no consideration for the safety of others it's all about freedom blah 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 and they're like and and they they have this paranoid outlook on everything and they go on this whole rant and so uh, that was supposed to be here and then i followed it up with this back to back we've implemented the strictest measures in all of north america 
we have made the deliberate decision to temporarily enhance police officers' authority for the duration of the stay-at-home order. Moving forward, police will have the authority to require any individual who is not in a place of residence to first provide their purpose for not being at home what? and provide their home address. Police will also have the authority to stop a vehicle to inquire about an individual's reason for leaving their residence. So our inspectors will also be ensuring that those who absolutely must come to work are strictly following the public health measures. For our employers and employees, take note, this is your last warning. So, yeah, that kind of butchered have that set up, but that, oh, <laughs> it would have been cool if it worked, right? We had a problem for a minute there. Huh? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, you'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll hear that clip today on No Agenda because that's Canada, but that's been announced in the last two days. Um, and I got one more clip from them just as an entremont. You know, I, I've heard a lot of the conspiracy theories, but I've just not seen good, hard, tangible evidence, especially. Have you been looking for it? No, because no. that's the problem. Every time they see good, hard, tangible evidence, it's like so hard and so good. <laughs> then they go, oh, that's, 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 just, uh, that's just nonsense. That's a conspiracy theory. Yeah, and they, they, they always talk about like trusting science and trusting the experts. And I've literally, I don't have the clip, but they're, these are the same people that are saying, my, I'm in danger if I'm vaccinated and I'm around someone that's not vaccinated, that puts me at risk. Right. And these and you and and that makes sense to them in their <laughs> That's I just it's so frustrating. So I hate listening to the show. Yeah. Good hard <laughs> tangible evidence, especially knowing people in the medical field who are taking it very seriously. Um that's just not their motive. I mean, no. The people like epidemiologists aren't going to be seizing power, but epidemiologists <laughs> who study this for decades, you know, years, decades have experimental experience that gives them predictable results are agreeing with the people in power. Um, experimental what's like the experience? best example in history of the medical, uh, <laughs> the medical establishment and scientists merging with the government? Uh, Nazi Germany, anybody? Right, I mean, come on yes. now. <laughs> That's all that was. That was a medical, uh, a medical super state, Nazi Germany. Uh, but yeah, so this, this idea that like scientists are making things up to get in power is just like they, it's, they, they talk about how like creationism attacks, uh, attacks uh, evolution with a bunch of straw man arguments. And then they all they do is make straw man arguments against conspiracy theories. <laughs> it's like, ugh. right. Now, like the amount of assumptions that you have to take on board, whatever they may be, like maybe you assume that the government is persuading them, you know, with either positive or negative reinforcement if they tow the government's line and they should produce all this data what I, that's actually I, fake. One I've heard commonly is that, you know, the hospitals get paid so much more money for positive COVID results um, that they're incentivizing them financially. No one, no one even says that's not happening. No, that's like uh, easily verifiable. That's one of the easiest things to look up. Didn't, <sighs> didn't you can get down to the dollar amount of how it's like you know forty plus thousand dollar extra kickback. Well, yeah, for, you put them on a ventilator, then it's like for a ventilator another thirty nine thousand yeah. bucks. Isn't yeah. that what anyway. the Halo C was doing with the the FEMA funds? Well, they were just talking about that on the last No Agenda. I thought where they were. Oh yeah, yeah. You could change you, the. Um, if you die with COVID, you get some money. Right. So they, I thought that they were um, backdating, not backdating, but uh, I guess changing death certificates. I, 
I'm going to shut up. I don't remember enough. No, I know what you're talking about. They, an AOC, it's like apparently getting compensation from your family gets compensation or something. Yeah. In that instance, the AOC was talking about, unless I'm mistaken, I'm probably talking out my ass on this one, but so it wasn't, I, I remember the clip you're talking about. It probably wasn't hospital but anyway, related. Um, Sorry. Yeah. Oh, maybe so. I don't know. But there's, I mean, there's, <laughs> I, there's, that's the first time I've heard anybody dispute that hospitals get kickbacks for COVID diagnosis. It's <laughs> Anyway, so the name of that show is Analyzed with a Y, and um, I think it'd be fun if everybody listened to this just, um, no, never mind, don't review bomb the show, that'd be mean. So just, uh, yeah, sorry again for making you sit through that, but I got three more clips from a way better show covering the same topic. Um, This is one of the best produced shows on the Noah's industry, short and sweet, a little of that Larry show. And this is his latest episode. Great stuff. One of those restaurants is called Tin Horn Flats. So talking about restaurant closers in Cali. I've never eaten or drank there, but it seems to be a neighborhood favorite. It's a cowboy western themed, replete with swinging doors like an old time saloon. Some say it's the oldest bar and grill in the city of Burbank. It is owned and operated by a man named Barrett Lepagian and his 20-year-old son, Lucas. And when the first curve-flattening stay-at-home orders were issued in March of 2020, he went along with them. He complied. After all, it was only for 15 days. Then when the extended lockdown orders were issued, he went along with those too. Finally, after about a year of restrictive lockdowns, he'd had enough he decided to reopen his outdoor patio where customers could eat and drink in the fresh air with plenty of elbow room and social distancing. Thousands of other restaurants were allowed to serve customers outdoors, but they did not do something LePagian did. He spoke out. Now, I would love to see just like, I would just love to see Larry have a conversation with those guys for like (laughs) an hour and a half, like 90 minutes of the analyze guys talking to Larry. I don't think you're allowed to broadcast to a manslaughter, dude. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Uh, According to news sources, LePagian's inflammatory, rebellious statement was, quote, we will not comply with tyrannical rules and closures. The clowns. Oh, that's it. Well, he called officials clowns. <laughs> Betcha that's when they decided to show him who's boss. LePagian said, quote, The clowns at the Burbank City Council have illegally revoked our conditional use permit, and Los Angeles City has illegally revoked our health permit. I simply will never comply. I will never pay fines or penalties for crimes I never committed. I will take this to the Supreme Court if need be. I will not be bullied by a clueless state government and local city council that is basing everything strictly on fear and control instead of any health considerations, unquote. Well, that statement is more than an insult, isn't it? That's... (laughs) That's insubordination, defiance, sedition. It could trigger an insurrection. Uh, man, I, everything about Larry's show is fantastic. Um, and he's he's just a, he's like couldn't be a nicer guy either. I was uh, every time I've chatted with him, it's been fantastic. So that this episode, I got one more clip. This is episode three hundred five of that Larry show, Liberty Bleeds, the twenty twenty one Battle of Tin Horn Flats. Um, this is just mostly the setup of the episode because I don't want to give away what happens. But he he goes on to like actually go down there to where there's like some locals protesting in support against the uh, the county in support of the restaurant. But 
Uh, yeah, last clip here and I'll wrap. So after they threw the bureaucratic ordinance at him with revocation of permits, they went for successively heavier artillery. They got physical. They ordered their utilities to shut off his power. He brought in a generator and stayed open. Then they padlocked his doors. <laughs> he cut off the padlocks. Then they boarded up his front door. He removed the boards. Then they boarded it up again and piled a couple tons of sandbags against the door. When he started moving the sandbags, that's when the Burbank cops arrested him for tampering with city property. <laughs> sandbags, which were piled up on his property. Seems like the city workers who padlocked his doors and boarded them up and piled up sandbags, seems like they should have been arrested for vandalism. No? Finally, just a few days ago, I saw a video of something that blew my mind. In front of Tinhorn Flats were a whole bunch of cops and prowl cars, the kind of show of force you might expect for a, a, a hostage situation or maybe an active shooter, but that was not the case. They were there to provide muscle for a contracting company hired by city officials to completely enshroud the restaurant in narrow-gauge chain-link fencing. It looked very reminiscent of the nation's capital, except this fencing went Washington, D.C. one better. The one in D.C. is kinda, sorta temporary, like you might see around construction sites, you know, where the stanchions are on square metal platforms. And hell, when you've got 10,000 heavily armed soldiers on guard, the fencing needn't be all that sturdy. But the city of Burbank, they drilled heavy gauge metal fence poles deep into the sidewalk around the restaurant and then sealed them with concrete. Their fence is permanent. Fucking what a incredible. Bunch of, what a bunch of fucking criminals, man. It's insane. And I just had to just oppose those two podcasts between each other. One, like one side supporting that type of thing. And Larry, uh, Larry's a national treasure, man. I'd, oh, I'd highly recommend that no episode doubt. too. Cause he, he goes on to, uh, that's kind of the setup and he goes and interviews some people from there and, uh, just talks about like, well, I don't, don't want to give too much away. Anyway, that Larry show, he's great. And he's, he's on the value for value. He's got a Patreon also that you get a couple bonus episodes, but PayPal, all that. He's uh, he's a legend. He's a G, and that's my uh, podcast report for today. Take no shit. Hell yeah, yeah. I, I take no shit, Dojo. Agree on all sides about Larry. It's just I and like as far as his soundscape and the I guess the audio production he he puts into it with doing the voices and the characters and uh, yeah, he's he's great. It's good shit. Thoroughly enjoyed every episode. It's good shit. Oh man, we still finished with eight minutes before no agenda starts. Look, I at can't that believe go. we did it. We're good. Yeah. Uh, Pros. How do y'all feel about a little fife and drum playout music? <laughs> oh yeah, I could be into it. Yeah. Um. Well, thanks everybody for listening, and uh, I think this is going to be. Oh, this is the trumpet one. Even better. Um. Yeah, this has been Misinformed Nation, the very first official episode. We did it! What are we going to do? Uh, not next week, but the week after next? Is that the plan? Yes, yeah. sir. I'm in. Cool. We'll, uh, we'll be proactive and have a link for all of the shows that we talked about down in the show notes for um, wherever those show up. There's no website yet. There's no RSS feed yet. 
But by the time you're listening to it, it's going to be there. Yeah, baby. One step at a time. <laughs> cool. Well, I've, uh, I've been Booberry Mothman in Minneapolis. I've been Sir Spencer, Wolf of Kansas City. And I've been Sir Seatsitter. We choose truth over facts. Thank you for your courage. What the